Yo, 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 YouTube family. This is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate you guys listening and supporting. Please like, please subscribe, and please share. Welcome to the Back Row Commander Show. Today, we are going to be talking Washington Commanders versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Week one is finally here. I don't know about you guys, but I watched the game last night versus the Rams and the Bills, and those juices are flowing. That NFL is back. I don't know. Every time the NFL season comes back, I get butterflies in my stomach. It's like it's like Christmas. It's like something exciting, something new, something fresh. And each season, even though I know that football comes and goes, but when football is finally here, all is well in the world. All is well in the world, right? So I'm excited that football is back. I enjoyed the game last night. Um and then I'm looking forward to the Commanders game along with other games. But when you talk about the Jacksonville Jags, right, you have Trevor Lawrence. It says Josh Allen over Mahomes. Appreciate you hopping on the show. Yes, Josh Allen over, over Mahomes. I said it last year, and I'm going to say it again. Um, Josh Allen just does more. He does more. But do not sleep on Mahomes. I think that Mahomes has a bounce back season this year. I mean, he's a guy that has thrown for 5,000 yards. He's a guy that has also uh, thrown for 50-plus touchdowns, right? So Mahomes is legit. He's an MVP. He's a Super Bowl MVP and a Super Bowl winner as well. So Josh Allen has to measure up to that. But there he says, Diggs had Ramsey looking like his little brother last night. Just lost out there. Absolutely, man. I enjoyed the game last night. But back to the Jags, right? With the Jags, you've got Trevor Lawrence, who is coming into his own, going into his second year. I'm going to be pulling up a, a visual just to kind of help guide us in what uh, Trevor Lawrence has done so far in, in, in his career. He's a guy that was a number one I – mean, he's been the number one pick, <laughs> like, all through high school. You know, uh, he's one of those guys that has the potential to be a Peyton Manning type guy. Just because everybody wanted this guy, people were tanking just to get a Trevor Lawrence, and then he's finally here. But then, is he the best quarterback in his uh, rookie class, in his quarterback class? So, we're going to see this season plenty of good quarterbacks out there, or potential good quarterbacks out there, like Trey Lance. He has a lot of height, Zach Wilson, and the rest of them. So, um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, man, he had a lot of height. But then, maybe Mac Jones is the best rookie quarterback from his class or the best quarterback from his class we don't know but looking forward to seeing uh trevor lawrence play for for one i want to see does he take a step right number two he's playing against my squad so you know i always want to see my team play so i'm excited for that game so trevor lawrence he he now has brandon sheriff another storyline washington fans you either like brandon sheriff or you hate brandon sheriff Brandon Sheriff leaves Washington, goes to Jacksonville, gets the bag. Now he gets to come back to FedEx Field to face his former team. So that's another storyline that we're going to be looking at, right? Then another storyline, you got Christian Kirk, who was overpaid, but he's very deserving. He's a very good wide receiver. We're also going to be looking into Christian Kirk as well. We know that Marvin Jones is like 90 years old. But for some reason, Marvin Jones is still playing football. I don't know how or why he's the Jags' number two wide receiver. 
Then in come Zay Jones. I think they have three wide receivers named Jones. Um, then you have ETN and James Robinson. That's another storyline. So we're going to be getting into all of this and more. Then we're also going to deep dive into the Washington Commanders roster and storylines and what we expect for this game. So number one, how do the Commanders stop Trevor Lawrence? 6'6", 220 pounds. He's ultra talented. The only knock to Trevor Lawrence currently in the NFL was that he was mis he was mismanaged, mishandled by um, Urban Meyer, horrible coach. So Trevor Lawrence last season, look at what he did. He had 3,600 yards passing, right? He also had 12 passing touchdowns, and I believe he had uh, he had a lot of picks. I don't know. He's not showing the interceptions here. These are some advanced stats usually for fantasy football, but I like the player profiler because it kind of gives you uh, a visual, pretty decent visual. So you look at his game log last year. I mean, he had a lot of pass attempts. You know, in his first game, he had 51 pass attempts. The Jags, I don't think that they improved defensively. So there's a potential to where Washington could, you know, come out winning and then cause the Jags to play from behind and try to come back and, you know, all that good stuff. But Trevor Lawrence didn't do a lot in his rookie year. Um, like it says right here, he had uh, 12 passing touchdowns. And that's not going to cut it in, in the NFL. But you cannot take any opponent lightly, right? When you look at the Trevor Lawrence, you say, oh, man, this guy, you know, has that potential to be that next best great quarterback. And not every quarterback comes out like Peyton Manning or comes out like, Patrick Mahomes or whoever. Josh Allen, he was bad his rookie year. So it takes time. So I'm looking for how is the defensive line going to attack Trevor Lawrence? He's a talented quarterback. He's 6'6". He can scramble, he can scramble just a little bit or scramble enough to be relevant, right? But that pass rush and with the improved line of the Jags, right? They have a, a very improved line. Um, so you look at them and you say, oh, it's the Jags. It doesn't matter. This season is a fresh new season. It's 0-0. Don't be surprised if the Jags beat Washington. I wouldn't be surprised. It's the very Washington thing. When you think Washington is going to win, they come out and they and they just lay it in. So with Washington, obviously the quarterback on the other side is Carson Wentz, right? We don't know what, what we're going to get out of Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz historically says he's like right around seven interceptions and right around 20 to 27 touchdowns. He's done the 27 touchdown thing, I believe, three times and done the seven interceptions or less thing another three times. So history says he might throw for over 27 touchdowns. He might throw for under seven interceptions. So comparing the two quarterbacks, I believe that Washington does have the edge in this matchup just because Carson Wentz has – the uh, the the um, experience, right? A guy like Trevor Lawrence, he's still, you know, playing. I mean, he's still trying to get to where he needs to be. So I'm looking for the pass rush to see how they slow Trevor Lawrence down. Now we move on to Brandon Sheriff, right? Pretty good. He was all pro, right? So it's most likely going to be a matchup between Brandon Sheriff and our pro bowler, um, Jonathan Allen, it just all depends on which side he's lining up on. But Deron Payne, 
he's also a guy, and Brandon Sheriff says that he knows how Washington practices. He says that he knows that Washington practices tough, right? So he knows that it's not going to be a an easy matchup. It's not going to be one of those matchups where oh, it's it's simple, it's easy. No, that's not what it's going to be. Then you move on to Christian Kirk, right? He's a guy that came in, got that big contract, and everybody everybody went crazy for a little bit. Everybody was like, who is Christian Kirk? Why is he getting this kind of money and this and that? But look, besides the money, he doesn't he does deserve the money, right? But that's besides the fact. Christian Kirk, although he's like slighter, he's smaller, he does everything you need out of a wide receiver. The only thing, the only not to Christian Kirk is I don't think that Christian Kirk is a number one wide receiver. I don't think so. But Christian Kirk is your number two. Yeah, I, I, I will give him that. So he was a second-round pick by Arizona. Arizona should have resigned him, but, you know, they felt like, hey, they have up-and-coming guys. I mean, then, then they also brought in a guy of their own or traded for a guy of their own in Hollywood. So that made Christian Kirk expendable. He goes on to get that big contract. Very deserving. So you, you look at Christian Kirk each year, he got better. Well, he had injury issues the first two years, but – Last year, he had over 900 yards, 77 receptions, and five receiving touchdowns. He's going to be a problem. <laughs> Christian Kirk has speed. He has 4-4 speed, as you see here. Um, he runs crispy routes. He's a, he's a good catcher of the ball. He kind of reminds me of what we want Jahan Dotson to be. You know, so when you look at a Christian Kirk, a, a slimmer guy, a smaller guy. Granted, I don't know. I think he weighs more than Jahan Dotson, actually. So at 201 is solid weight over a guy like Jahan Dotson, who's in the one-somethings. Um, so 5'10", he's not the biggest wide receiver. Then you have Marvin Jones, right? You have Marvin Jones, another talented wide receiver. I know I made fun of his age, but Marvin Jones is, is as consistent as they come. He's as consistent as they come. And he's going to be another guy. He's, you know, he's been a vet. He's been around the league. You know, uh, he's 32 years old. But just looking at, like, the last few seasons, just look at the last three seasons, right, for uh, for Marvin Jones. 700-plus yards, 900-plus yards, 800-plus yards. In the last three years, nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns, four touchdowns. Although this guy is old, he's capable, he knows how to score, he's going to be a problem for the commanders. Believe it or not, he's a true veteran. He's a true veteran. He gets the job done. I, I've always been a fan of Marvin Jones. Always been a fan of Marvin Jones. He is more of a number two, but with his age, does Washington have an edge? Again, like I said, the Jags really have nothing to lose. They don't really have a lot of pressure on them to really be a Super Bowl contender this season. They brought in a lot of different guys, but at the same time, that doesn't mean that, hey, you know, this is a mighty Jags or whatever the case may be. They know that they are in a building process, right? You have to continue to surround Trevor Lawrence with weapons. Won't be surprised if they go out next year and bring in another guy. Now, Zay Jones is another interesting name, another interesting name. So this is the passing attack for the Jags. These are the guys that we're going to uh, have to figure out how to stop. You know what I'm saying? Zay Jones, decent speed, and another guy that runs a 4-4. You know, another guy that's a bigger wide receiver, he's, he's 6'2". He reminds me a lot of Marvin Jones. So this is a it's a decent uh, a group. Not the best group that we're going to face, but it's a decent group. Zay Jones has been solid. He's one of those, you know, one of those guys. Like Washington fans, 
we love Cam Sims, right? So if you love Cam Sims, you can kind of see Zay to me, Zay, Zay Jones is better than Cam Sims. Then you can say, Oh, well, look at his numbers, look at his stats. I mean, he's productive, he's productive everywhere he's been, he's been productive. Uh, doesn't give you the best numbers. He just does exactly what you need, especially in his second year when he had seven touchdowns. Um, so he's going to be another guy that we need to worry about. So, yes, on paper, their passing attack doesn't look too scary. You know, you got Marvin Jones, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, right? Then we have Benjamin St. Juice, Fuller, and William Jackson III. How do they match up? Uh, we need to lock up. I mean, I've seen corners, some of the best corners. We saw Jalen Ramsey last night getting burnt by Stephon Diggs. So it can happen to anybody. I tell people, the very first game of the season, that pretty much is the preseason, right? So you just don't show up week one and then everything gels. If it all gels week one, great. But I just want, I just want Washington fans to know to temper your expectations because this thing could go – the other way. But at the same time, this is a group that you want to play first. The NFL has given the commanders, the Jags, and the Lions. You have to take advantage of this first two games. Come out there, play some smash mouth football, and get this win. The last two guys I want to highlight before I get into the Washington players is ETN. Travis ETN, um, he's a teammate of um, Trevor Lawrence. They played together at Clemson. ETN is so dynamic that the NFL has not seen ETN. The NFL doesn't even know who Travis ETN is. Hopefully, he does not have a welcome to the NFL versus the Washington Commanders. Like I said, things like this always happen to the Commanders. When you think you got a good matchup, when you think everything is set up nicely, then comes that guy that comes in and changes everything. So with, with Travis ETN, uh, what you're getting is a back. Runs four or five, but don't even look at his speed. He, 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 this guy is highly, highly talented, and a lot of scouts think, or a lot of uh, uh, GMs and people around the league think that this guy is going to have a breakout year this season. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He can catch the ball. He's a better receiver than he is runner, right? So, missed his whole rookie year. He was hurt in the preseason. He comes in, uh, like it says right here, you. you you're seeing the news. ETN sees reps at wide receiver. He's going to see a lot of reps at wide receiver. And don't be shocked if you see Jacksonville deploying two running backs at a time, at a time. So I can see a scenario where you have James Robinson playing the slot. I mean, sorry, Travis ETN playing the slot and James Robinson in the backfield. And that's another guy we have to highlight is James Robinson. Yes, he's coming off of injury. Um, but what they're saying about James Robinson right now is that he's, that he's ready to go, that they're looking at him taking full reps. Um, so this is a guy who was undrafted, uh, comes in, has a great season. And I believe that he was in the rookie class with Antonio Gibson, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so. I believe he was in that same rookie class. Um, look at what he did. His rookie year, 1,000 yards. He had 10 rushing touchdowns, and he had 700-plus uh, yards rushing last year in 14 games, mind you, and eight rushing touchdowns. And that's what you would call a down year. Oh, sorry, eight total touchdowns. That's what you call a down year, but the guy is talented. The only reason why they got ETN is because you always want to add to your running back group. You guys know I say this. I have a rule. You draft a running back every other year just because they're so fragile. Like you see, ETN got hurt. James Robinson got hurt. You got to have multiple running backs, right? 
because anything can happen. The year when Washington drafted, um, they had to draft Gibson, Darius Geis issue thing happened. And then, you know, they cut Peterson and put in Antonio Gibson, which we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But that's just how the NFL works. But these two running backs, they are a good duo. One of the better duos in the league, even though we don't know who Travis Etienne is, even though we don't know who James Robinson is going to be coming off of this injury. But those are two guys that I do not want to take lightly. If they get things going, James Robinson is a good back. He's a good power back, a good between the tackles. And then Etienne can do a little bit of everything, but he's so much more dangerous out of the backfield. Now, my question is, are the linebackers for the commanders going to be good enough to contend with this group? That's the scary part. That's the scary part. Those are some of the things that you have to ask yourself. Washington didn't really do too much in the linebacking group. I'm going to pull up the depth chart so you guys can see what I see. I, look, I know we know who is on the team, but when you look at it on paper, it's going to make you want to throw up. This linebacking core is terrible. It's ultra trash, if you ask me. Just keeping it real. So I'm going to share my screen, show the depth chart, so we can kind of see who's guarding these guys. Like, like what is the strategy for the commanders come Sunday? Now, let's go to the defensive side of the ball. They always say, yeah, Washington only deploys two linebackers at a time. They're playing three safeties, this and that. Speaking of safety, Cameron Curl is hurt. He has that thumb issue. Um, he has not been practicing. He's been very limited in practice when he is practicing. So that's a key piece to the commanders. If Cameron Curl is not there, they say that Jeremy Reeves is ready to step up, right? They say that Percy Butler is ready to step up. So, and uh, Derek Forrest as well. So it's going to be interesting because on the unofficial depth chart, they have Derek Forrest directly behind Cameron Curl. But then you also have Jeremy Reeves. That can, you know, he can play the, the, the free, the strong. A lot of the safeties that we have can do a little bit of both. I think that Bobby McCain is probably on the smaller side. He doesn't play a lot of strong safety. He's more of a free safety corner converted to safety. So looking at the secondary, um, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of interesting. So we know who our top three corners are, right? And Kendall Fuller, William Jackson III, and Benjamin St. Juice. They're going to be responsible for covering Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, and Zay Jones, right? But then we go back to the linebacker group because they're going to be responsible for covering ETN out the backfield. And let's not forget the Jags did sign somebody. They did sign somebody decent in Evan Ingram, a guy that was selected as a pro bowler over Logan Thomas, even though we all know that that was crazy and it should have been Logan Thomas's pro bowl bid. But that's a whole other story for another day. So, Jamin Davis, can he take that next that that next step? I'm going to be watching Jamin Davis so closely. Him and Cole Holcomb, hopefully that's enough. Hopefully Jamin Davis is ready to guard at least guard the running backs coming out the backfield. Let's stuff the run. They trust Cole Holcomb as the middle linebacker, and as a shocker, they have so much confidence in Cole Holcomb. I believe he's going into a contract year, so this year is going to be very telling. They've been searching for that middle linebacker. They've gotten it wrong multiple times, and now they bring back John Bostic, who we didn't want, and then they follow that up by bringing back David Mayo. So these are two guys that 
fans don't think too highly of. People say that John Vosick's leadership and experience, blah, blah. I see an older player who might not give us what we need. So that we should take note of that. And then we have Milo as the fifth guy. So they kept five linebackers. Not excited about this group. I'm interested to see how is this team going to be able to guard Evan Ingram? We saw in the preseason versus Travis Kelsey. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey, but can we cover the tight ends this year? So I'm, I'm going to be watching a tight end matchup versus the linebackers. I'm also going to be watching the running backs coming out of the backfield. we got to be able to contain those two different things. Now, can the pass rush get home? An area that Washington has struggled in is that third down, that third down defense. It's been ultra trash. And with no Chase Young, with James Smith-Williams being that guy that's going to be taking over that spot, we're going to need James Smith-Williams to come up big. We're going to need Montez Sweat to be the leader of this uh, uh, defensive line. I know that uh, I know that Jonathan Allen is, is, is here, but it's time for Montez Sweat to, to take that next step. You know, Jonathan Allen took it on himself. Came in as a leader, and he backs it up. He talks a talk, but he backs it up. Deron Payne, contract year. A lot of different things going to happen. And then uh, Mathis is going to be that, that guy that comes in when they have five on the defensive line. So I'm really interested to see how they're going to be able to work against this Jags team. Brandon Sheriff is good, but let's see. Can our defensive tackles get in and, 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 and get to the quarterback? We're going to need this, uh, this third-down defense in the end. Are, are we going to be blitzing? Are you sending Jamin Davis on a blitz? Are you sending Cole Holcomb on a blitz? Like, is it a corner? The Buffalo nickel? All these different things has to be answered when we play this team. When I look at the corners, right, I am praying. I'm praying that we stay healthy because if we happen to, if we happen to get hurt, then you're looking at guys like Rashad Wild Goose and, and, and Christian Holmes and Tariq Castro-Fields. Three rookies, either three rookies or three unexperienced guys. I'm not sure about Wild Goose, but these are three rookies. You know what I'm saying? And these are your guys that are backing up your main guys. And this is Benjamin St. Juice in year two. So the corner group doesn't really excite me, but I know that we're top heavy. We're paying you know, Fuller a lot of money. We put, we're also paying William Jackson a lot of money. So you can't really invest too much money-wise. So you got to have second-year players, rookies, and hopefully – they said that these guys beat out guys like Danny Johnson and Corn Elder. And I mean, that's not saying much, but I'm real interested to see how this corner group performs. What's good, Hawk? Appreciate you hopping on the stream, brother. Yeah, I'm interested to see how this corner group, because the first test is Jacksonville. I'm telling you guys, the Lions is going to be a much tougher matchup. They have way better weapons. You're talking about. Swift and 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 uh Chark and um Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamal Williams. That's gonna be a team, and that coach coaches these guys tough. He talks about biting people's ankles and whatever. The Lions are gonna be a tough test, but it all starts with Jacksonville. How can we defensively take away some of the things that Jacksonville likes to do very well? Now, special teams. We're going to do the offense last. Special teams, I didn't see a lot out of the special teams. We didn't have a kickoff returner. We didn't have a punt returner. Then they said, hey, Dax Mill, he makes the team. He's going to return punts. Oh, Antonio Gibson, he's going to return kickoffs. But then all of a sudden, with the whole Brian Robinson issue, in comes Dax Mill returning kickoffs now. 
And we're like, what? Are you serious? You know, so it's it's it's, it's that kind of thing where you got Dax Mill, but it's like I haven't seen him return a kickoff before. Is he gonna be effective? A lot of these slot guys, they're not fast, they're shifty, and they do well with you know returning kickoffs and, and, and uh, things like that. But to be honest, special team scares me. Joey Sly, we thought you was the kicker. You're back. We don't need you missing kicks. You know, once he misses a, a kick or two, and then you see Hopkins on the other end with the Chargers knocking down kickoffs, kicks, then it's like, uh-oh, did we make the right decision? So finding a good kicker and a good kickoff returner, we need something special. Special teams need to be special. We need something. We need something. Uh, we need all three phases. <clears throat> Hawk says, no Cam Curl at the position. And that's not a, a strength of our team. Yeah, I talked about Cam Curl not being there. They love Reeves and Derek Forrest, but then it's like Reeves is okay. Derek Forrest doesn't have the experience. So, man, you know, and then having a whole bunch of like the, the like that whole defensive back room is very, very young outside of Bobby McCain and, and William Jackson and, and, uh, and Fuller. So, these guys literally have to learn on the fly. They have to learn on the fly. Since we have some unproven guys at safety outside of Senator McCain, absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's – I mean, I don't want to say that it's a, a, a big worry. It doesn't worry me as much as linebacker. Linebacker really scares the mess out of me because I don't know what we're going to do, and I'm just praying that God protects Holcomb he protects uh, Jamin Davis because one of those two guys get hurt, it can get real ugly when you see Bobby, uh, um, what's the name, Bostic, in the flat defending a <laughs> defending a running back or or Bostic in space or Mayo Mayo in space doing like this against the you know tight end and they you know they run this zone and when they have these linebackers in there that are not rangy they're just throwing their hands up and then you know quarterbacks are just dropping the you know dropping the ball inside the you know basket and I'm like. What are we doing? You know, so we brought back a lot of guys. Khalid Hudson's the guy that I thought was going to get some burn this year at that Buffalo nickel. But, you know, he's on a practice squad now, so don't really know what's going on. But there is some good news when it comes to the offensive line. So let's go ahead and get to the offensive side of the ball. The offensive line, you got Charles Leno, a captain this year. You have uh, Norwell. You have Chase Rulia. If Chase Rulia is not ready to play, he should be ready to play. But if he's not, you're going to move Wes Schweitzer right in at uh, center. Then you also have Larson. I don't think Larson is back. I'm not sure if Larson is back or not. I don't see him on this depth chart. But So we got guys, and I trust John Masco when it comes to coaching up that line. Trey Turner has been practicing, but then there's been that controversy. Why is Trey Turner over Wes Schweitzer and this and that? I'd rather have Wes Schweitzer coming off the bench being that swing interior. That's what I'm going to call it, swing interior. He can, It sounds crazy. Yeah, Swing interior. He, he, he can come in and play the right guard, the left guard, and the center position. I'd rather have a guy like that on the bench coming in if need be than him being a starter. Wes Weiss is going to be fine. I think he's going to adopt to any role that he gets. Then Samuel Cosby. I'm looking for a big game out of Samuel Cosby now. You know, we talk about the Jacks offense, but on defense – they did bring in the linebacker. Uh, I mean, this guy produced at a high clip for ATL last year. I can't think of his name right now. Can't even pronounce his name even if I try. 
Um, so you have that linebacker. They have, you know, some some younger guys, but also they did draft a pass rusher rather high. We're going to be seeing, with, no matter what side they're lining up on, can Samuel Cosme hold his own? There was a lot of hype about Samuel Cosme last year. Oh, he was a good rookie. He was this, he was that. There's always regression most times. So let's see if Samuel Cosme takes a big step this season. Not just a big step, a big step in this game. Uh, you got Cornelius Lucas, you know, swing tackle both sides. So I feel really good about the offensive line. As long as Trey Turner is healthy, that just gives us our full complement of, of, of guys. You know, depth, Chris Paul, Sadiq Charles. Um, so offensive line is fine. The question mark and what I've been seeing all week has been this tight end room. Something that's supposed to be solid with Logan Thomas. You know, Logan Thomas has been practicing. He's been limited. He, we don't know if he's going to play. I think he plays. He might be in a snap count. So we don't even know what we're getting out of the tight end position with just people being questionable and up in the air. You still got John Bates. You know, he's dealing with some stuff. I think he's good. Then you got Cole Turner. He's dealing with some stuff. Rodgers, who's going to be the guy? They, they most likely play four tight ends this game. I will not be surprised if all four dress up, dress. Because, um, I mean, some of these guys play special teams anyway. So, tight end group, what are we going to get? One thing that I did see in a, in a small sample size in preseason is that Carson Wentz definitely loves to target his tight ends. We saw it over and over again when he, when, when he was targeting Rodgers. It was like, it's the only receiver that Carson Wentz has is Rodgers. Is it just, just Rodgers? So a bulk of the target share does go to the tight ends, right? So first game of the year for Jahan Dotson. We didn't see much in preseason. Uh, I think that they didn't want to, you know, use him too much. They want to protect him. But at the same time, Jahan Dotson is our number two wide receiver. Uh, I'm excited to see him play. Uh, man, the guy is a burner. Um, and Curtis Samuel being healthy, Terry McLaurin finally having – compliments to his game. Then you got Deami Brown, who that last preseason game, it, did, it just didn't look good. didn't look good. Um, then you have Cam Sims. So I don't know how many wide receivers dress just because, like, hey, that if Deami Brown is not going to play special teams, and Cam Sims does, does Deami Brown deserve to dress? It's going to be situational. It's just going to be about what the team needs more of. They might need four tight ends. They might need all tight ends on deck just because one or two might be on a snap count or one or two was not experienced enough or not ready or whatever the case may be. So I see the team possibly dressing four tight ends. I see them possibly all playing, all being involved. Uh, you're going to see packages of, you know, maybe three tight end sets where you run the ball. I don't know how that's going to work. You know, they plan to run the ball more. And I want to get to Antonio Gibson because that's been a big issue, just not for the NFL world, but for the Washington Commanders fans. The fantasy world, everybody's talking about Antonio Gibson in that running back situation. I do believe that Brian Robinson was supposed to be the starter, okay? But he got shot. Thank God he's alive. Thank God he's doing well. And then there's still a possibility that Brian Robinson Jr. comes back at some point this season. So it's Antonio Gibson's job, once again, to lose. If he plays well, then guess what? You're going to have two backs that are possibly going to work off of each other. If he plays bad, Jonathan Williams is right there. You're going to see more J.D. McKissick. So I'm hoping that Antonio Gibson does not fumble. If he fumbles week one, he's in the doghouse. 
He's in the doghouse, and I can see Washington potentially bringing in another running back. I can see it. I don't see them cutting. You know, you, you don't cut Antonio Gibson. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I can definitely see his role diminishing if he has ball security issues. I'm hoping he's good week one. Should be good week one. This is a great opportunity against the Jacksonville Jaguars to really gain some steam. It'll be amazing for Antonio Gibson to come out and rush for 100 yards. He hasn't done that too many times in his career, but it would be an awesome confidence booster. Then whenever Brian Robinson comes back, then you can say, hey, you know what? I have We have two solid running backs. J.D. McKissick, I expect him to be very well involved. Um, Jonathan Williams possibly gets dressed as well because – like I said, we don't know what we're getting out of Gibson. So I see all three running backs being, you know, dressed. They probably, you know, Sam Howell is not going to dress. Taylor Heineke to back up Carson Wentz. And then it's all on Carson Wentz to see the field, read the field, and make the right decisions. We did see him make some good throws during the preseason in a small sample size, but I was confident. I loved what I saw out of Carson Wentz, he looked like a real quarterback. And we haven't had one in D.C. for at least four or five years. So I'm excited for Carson Wentz. I'm more excited than most. Um, I guess I'm optimistic. And, um, I I mean, I see what a real quarterback can do for our offense. So it's going to be interesting. Carson Wentz, can he make the right plays? Can we convert third downs? Right? That's another thing. Also, can we have a perfect balance of running and passing? I don't want to see Carson Wentz come out there and throw it 41 times or 42 times. I want to see us have that balance, pick, uh, you know, I almost said pick and roll, uh, play action, you know, hit the tight ends. And I really want to see one of our wide receivers have a big game. I want to see one of our wide receivers, whether it's Terry, I'm hoping it's Terry because I have plenty of Terry in fantasy, but even if it's not Terry, let it be like let it be a guy like Jahan Dotson, or better yet, let it be Curtis Samuel, a guy that Washington fans don't really know what we're getting. This guy's been hurt; he hasn't been injury prone, but he had a bad year last year in terms of being healthy. So, can he bounce back? I'm just looking for a big play or big plays out of the wide receiver group. It's a great test in Jacksonville uh, to to be able to you know to uh, do that. The offensive line should be solid. I'm not worried. I'm not too worried about that. The tight ends is up in the air. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I mean, I really don't. I know maybe John Bates is possibly the, the most healthiest and then maybe Rodgers. So I don't know what we get out of the tight end group. Uh, running backs, hopefully we can move the ball, running the ball. I know that Jahan Dotson is going to get – I mean, uh, J.D. McKissick is going to get way more carries than what he possibly wants. Hey, what's good, man? Livewire, appreciate you hopping on, man. Appreciate you hopping on. Please like, please subscribe, please share, man. Um, week one is here, man. Really don't have too much to say about this game other than go commanders, hoping to get a big play out of the wide receivers, hoping that we can have a you know, perfect balance between passing and running the ball. Um, offensive line should be solid. Hit them in the mouth. Uh, create holes. I want to see the time of possession go to Washington. That means defense has to be good. If the defense is good, then you're running the ball to kill the clock. That's kind of the kind of that's the kind of game I want to see. Attack Trevor Lawrence, get him three and outs as many times as possible. Get him off the field. Give get the ball back to the offense. Let the defense rest. Run the ball. Pass the ball. Move the ball. Score. Special teams got to be special. We talked about that. Um, hopefully, 
the kicking and the holding, all that goes well because any little mistake can cost you the game. And I always say turnover margin, but to be honest, I really don't know what to expect out of this defense. I put too much on them last year, and they really, really let me down. Livewire reads, our tight ends are solid. Turner is healthy. Thomas is questionable. Rodgers will get some playing time. I really like Rodgers' potential. He looks like a – I don't want to sound crazy. He looks like a Darren Waller-type guy. Maybe not as athletic, but man, he can do some things. He can do some things. He's a converted quarterback. He's 6'5". He's more athletic to me than Cole Turner. He's more athletic to me than uh, Logan Thomas even. I think he's the most athletic tight end that we have. Let me know, guys. For those that are going to be listening to the audio version, listen to this podcast and tweet me. Tweet me. Let me know. Is Amari Rodgers our most athletic tight end? I'm real intrigued. I'm real interested to to see. Um, Livewire says that, that he agrees. Yeah, he's just, he looks like he can be something. And like I said earlier in another show, you can find tight ends from pretty much anywhere. Your tight ends don't have to be first rounders or second rounders or whatever. George Kittle was found in the fifth round. The same round that Washington selected Jeremy Sprinkle. Oh, Jeremy Sprinkle was, oh, man. We're not going to talk about Jeremy Sprinkle. But <laughs> but it's just funny to me because last year we all were excited about Simmons Reyes, right? This year is Amari Rogers. I'm hoping that he gets to grow and, you know, be on this team for a for quite some time and develops into a solid, um, solid tight end. Big game for Forrest. Yeah, Forrest definitely has to step up. If Forrest doesn't step up, who else will? So we need all hands on deck. We need people that have never stepped up before to step up. I'm looking for people to, you know, to grow. So let's get together in uh, post game. Hey, I'm down. I'm definitely down. Uh, hit me up on Twitter. Hit, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, let, me, let me stop screen. Yeah, hit me up on Twitter right there at TS with Manny, and then we can make that happen, man. Most definitely. It says Jeremy Sprinkle, another topic, a, a whole nother topic, man. This guy gave me nightmares, man. Remember the days when we had good tight like Washington has been blessed with some pretty good tight ends. Even from Fred Davis. Fred Davis was solid, and you know, Chris Cooley and you know uh Jordan Reed. Um Who's the other one? Vernon Davis. We, so we've had some tight ends. We've had some tight ends, and then we were blessed to, to get a Logan Thomas a few years ago, and this worked out. I mean, it's just sad that now that we need a tight end, it's been it's been tough. But I think that Cole Turner becomes something. I, I look, I loved him. Um, loved his tape. Uh, Nevada. I mean, the guy he catches everything. He catches everything. He's a he's a prototypical tight end. A big tight end. So his blocking might need some work, but as it stands right now, John Bates is the best blocker on the team. Logan Thomas is the best of being a little bit of both. He can block, he can catch, he can run routes, right? But coming off injury, I don't know how effective he'll be. Amari Rogers is going to be a guy that he's going to get playing time. Cole Turner, they'll probably bring him along. He, I see him more of a like a red zone type guy. <clears throat> a guy that you bring in when you're trying to score. And the, the, the greatest thing that I love about this team this year, I know that, that I'm rambling, but having Cam Sims 
then you have these tight ends. They're all big. You have a lot of big tight ends. It just makes the red zone offense possibly better. And Carson Wentz can throw the ball up there. He will throw the ball up there. And Carson Wentz has always excelled with big receivers, even though he never really had, you know, receivers. When I say receivers, people that catch the ball, including tight ends. He's had Zach Ertz. He's had Dallas Godard. So he's had some success with tight ends. I'm hoping that that translates here in Washington. But I'm excited for this game. Now, the prediction. I think Washington wins this game. It's probably going to be, I'm going to say 24 to 17. Washington wins by seven. Um, I wish it's, I wish that the game won't be as close as I'm making it sound right now, but it's like, it's Washington, man. It's like, it's Washington. I really don't know if this team is going to be good this year, if they're going to be bad this year, but I, I do think the team has a chance to win 10 games. Um, I'm not going to guarantee anything. I'm not guaranteeing that Washington wins, but I'm just saying, I think, Washington wins this game. It's going to be 24 to 17. And to predict the first touchdown this year, I'm going to say Jahan Dotson scores the first touchdown. It's going to be a seven yard touchdown. He's going to score. He's going to have a crazy celebration. And it's going to be a welcoming moment for Jahan Dotson into the NFL. I see us scoring within the first seven minutes of the game. I can be totally wrong. I'm saying seven-yard touchdown. I'm saying Jahan Dotson catches the first touchdown. And if I'm wrong, y'all call me out. That's just how I feel. I'm just seeing things in my head right now, how things could play out. Um, I see the defense making a big stop. I don't know if it's an interception. I don't know if it's uh, – I'm not psychic or anything like that. These are just things that I'm just thinking could happen. So obviously, we're going to have some good moments, some bad moments, but I think eventually we we win this game. Um I don't know who scores the next touchdown, but I know that Jahan Dotson definitely scores that first touchdown. We'll see if I'm right. If you guys are better, bet on that. And if you get some money, give me my cut. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, Livewire says, I think that AG will have a good game. I think he will. I think he knows this is his last chance. Like the NFL is it's a tough business. It's a tough business. And if you're not doing well, you get replaced. If you, if you don't get paid, you, you know, you bounce around. I mean, look at guys like Josh Jacobs. They're talking about Josh Jacobs potentially being a backup. We're talking about Josh Jacobs, man, a guy that was drafted in the first round. And they're talking about the Raiders are potentially ready to move on after this season, whether he has a good season or bad season, because you don't want to pay running back. So, but I do think he has a good game. And Tony Gibson has a chance to redeem himself. It's his job right now. He's the main back. He's the main guy. You have J.D. McKissick. But what I want to see out of, out of Antonio Gibson is command some respect. Run like your life depends. Run like your life depends on it. And then maybe that might earn you some more receiving work. We've all wanted Antonio Gibson to get in space, right? He was the weapon coming out of Memphis. This and that. Blah blah. Who cares? We want to see it on the field. Scott Turner, Antonio Gibson. Yeah, y'all, y'all two have to get together and, and and you know change the change the narrative. The narrative has been Antonio Gibson is going to be used like Christian McCaffrey. That has never happened. I have not seen it. The only screenplay or the only pass play that I've seen Antonio Gibson excel at a high level in was that Buffalo game uh, last year where he caught that seventy-seven yard screen pass and I think he ran it all the way. Other than that, I have not seen explosive plays out of Antonio Gibson. I know he had three touchdowns versus Dallas, but that was a different kind of feel. That was a different kind of game. 
I'm looking for Antonio Gibson to take that next step. It's now or never. If he can't do it now, then Brian Robinson is not here. He's not going to do it when Brian Robinson gets back. So Gibson has to be a key. Turnovers has to be a key. <laughs> Let's not turn over the ball. No fumbles, no interceptions. It's easier said than done. But those two things, take, taking care of the ball, running the ball, scoring, and then special teams. Just give us something. Give us something. So, guys, this is the episode. This is the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast on the audio version. I'm on Apple. I'm on Google. I'm everywhere you listen to your podcast. The Back Row Commander Show. This will be on the podcast version shortly. And um, love y'all. Hail to the commanders. Let's get it. I'm out. Peace.